we use water, you know, the church decided to continue the tradition of using water as a symbol and something more, okay? Because we believe in a God who takes ordinary things and uses them for extraordinary purposes. That's why we celebrate communion over and over again, because we believe somehow, mysteriously, we don't bother with trying to figure out how, but we believe that Christ uses the bread and the cup that we take, and He he allows His grace and His mercy in there, and we receive Him. It reminds us it's a beautiful symbol, but it's also something where we receive grace. This is the, the, the definition that the church decided to use. We believe that baptism and communion are, are a sacrament. And a sacrament is an outward sign, something you do outside, so you take the bread, the cup, or you get in the water, of an inward grace, something that God has done on the inside. But we don't stop there. Some churches stop there. We don't stop there. We say, it is also a means by which we receive that same grace. So there's something in what God does in the water or in the bread and the cup that we receive grace. Isn't that good news? It just reminds us that God uses ordinary things for extraordinary purposes. This is just portage tap water. I didn't say any blessing over it or anything like that. But God can use ordinary portage tap water to give grace to those who are entering the water. And somehow that will happen for each and every one of you. It's it's what we call a mystery. That's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. But there is all the symbolism of water. We use water. What do we use water for? Drinking. That's right. And so we could say this water, although you won't drink it, the grace that is given to you in this water will quench every thirst and every longing that a human being could ever have. What else do we use water for? Showers and taking a bath. That's right. And planting. That's right. Water causes things to grow. Grace will cause you to grow. And water cleans us up, doesn't it? Grace will clean us up. It's a beautiful symbol, isn't it? And it's something that we allow, or or that we say, uh, brings that grace into our life. So it reminds us as a symbol, it cleanses us as a grace. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And as a church, we believe that grace is something that God gives to us. It's not something we can earn. Can I get an amen for that? That, that's why, as a church, we said kids can be baptized. Are, you know, we, we, we tried to place this thing like, no, you've got to understand it. Who can possibly fathom and understand cognitively the depths of the love and grace of God? It is given to us. Now, at some point, these kids who will be baptized today, they've got to choose to follow Jesus for themselves. But today, we say that Jesus chooses them before you were ever able to choose Him. And so we allow you to come into the waters. And we will pray as a church for the day when you will say, you know, I've tasted the grace of God in Jesus, and I now, it's mine. I want it for me. And you'll do that. And I'm confident that the, the Jesus you will meet will be the one who leads you all the way. That's good news, isn't it? Now, This is kind of a metaphor for salvation. And so I want to let you guys, those of you who are not being baptized, I want you to understand some things too. 
Because we say that when you're baptized, you are baptized from something and to something. Okay, if I was titling this message, From and To. And for a long time in the church, we tended to just only talk about, or we spent most of the emphasis on the from, what we are baptized from. And I want to balance that. I don't want to deny what we're baptized from. We're going to talk about that in just a second. We are baptized from something, but we are baptized into something that is incredible and wonderful. And I think it's explained in these stories. How many of you have heard the story of the prodigal son? It was just read to you if you don't know that, okay? Um, The prodigal son. We see that out of his choices, he chose to go to his dad. He chose to, in that day, be very insulting and ask for everything. He basically told his dad, you're dead to me already. Just go ahead and give me the stuff you're supposed to give me after I die. And then he runs away and squanders it all. And in his choices, theological word for that is sin, he ended up in a place where he was craving what the pigs were eating. And I want you to know that we believe as a church that if we only pay attention to our own voice, it leads us into a place Call a sinful place. And sin will take you where you do not want to go. It will take you to a place, it can take you to a place where you will end up craving the things that cannot sustain you. You will end up craving. He was craving the pig slop. How many of you have ever been around a pig and seen what they eat? He was craving to eat that. Not only would it not be a very enjoyable experience, it is not something that would have sustained his life long term. And so, when we say we are baptized from something, we are saved, we are baptized from the consequences of our sinful choices that really are that craving and that longing for the things that will not provide life for us, and ultimately they will kill us. It will lead us to a place of death. And I hope that every single one of you has has understood that that is what you are being baptized from. But the rest of the story tells us, well, you know what? I got to thinking, there's one more thing you're baptized from in this story. You see, the, the son who is out there craving the things that will not sustain life, he, he, he starts scheming. He, he starts saying, oh, how many of my father's servants, they have plenty of food. If I go back and I say the right words and I apologize, then I'll have food and I'll fill my belly and everything will be good. And so he practices all the way back. You can just see it. But what... He doesn't realize until he is hit by his own father who has been looking for him from a long distance, who runs to him and bowls him over, is that his little scheming cannot save him. That should be good news. Confession is important. We talk about that. We talk about the need for saying sorry. That I made these choices and it's led to these consequences and I'm sorry and I want to do that. But it is not your confession that saves you. If it was that way, then then you would be the one who's responsible for your salvation. And we can't say that. You see, we believe in a God who looks like the father who ran. Who loved his son enough to let him face the consequences and was ready to greet him and restore him as soon as he saw him on the horizon. 
It was already done. Let me put it to you this way. Because some of you may think that uh, Pastor Jeff doesn't believe in confession. I think we have to do that. It's an important part. But it's not your confession that saves you. And this is a very Wesleyan thing. My theology professor who wrote the systematic theology for the Church of the Nazarene says salvation is when we accept our acceptance from God. I'll put it to you this way because that's a lot of theological jargon. Let's just say that someone placed a million dollars into your bank account. And for years and years and years, you never checked your bank account. You never went to the ATM. You never did anything. You never knew. All the time you had that card, all you had to do was go and access it, and you had it. This is what we see in the Father. We see one who has already forgiven and is longing because love waits for the person to come and accept the gift. And it is a gift, my friends. It's not something you can earn. And so he learns that when the Father is there, he runs, he embraces, and he restores him to sonship. He says, you were dead, now you're alive. I am so excited. Let's throw a party. And this, my friends, is what you are saved into. A God, you are saved into the arms of a God who loves, forgives, and shows mercy like Jesus does. That's the beauty. You are saved from the consequences of your sin. You are saved from thinking that you can do anything to earn it. And you are saved into a God whose arms are wide open for all of humanity. All of humanity. Just waiting for you to accept it. So I'm glad that you, 13 or so, are ready to enter into that life. There's something else though. It's in our second story that we are saved from and into. You see, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, a lot of Jewish people were around and they said, what's going on? And they had their ideas of what was going on. And Peter tells them what's going on. He tells them the story of, of the Jewish people all the way through. And, and he gets up to the point and he says, and this one that God has made Lord and Savior, you all have crucified. And they're cut to the heart, it said. And they say, what do we do? And Peter tells them right at the beginning, first day of church ever. Be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. Remember, from and into. But he goes on, and he says something else. He says, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Now, that's a little harder for us. So, in the first part, we were talking about the individual nature of sin. Peter seems to really quickly want to go on to talk about the corporate nature of sin. I mean, he's talking to Jews. He's talking to the people of God. It would be like some crazy preacher telling you good church people that you need to watch out for the corrupt generation. <laughs> Maybe I should start doing that. I don't know. But he says there is, there is an evil that shapes a lot of the decisions that are made here that lead to places where people end up craving the things that will not sustain them. There's a whole society built around that. And we need to be aware of that. And we are, you guys and ladies and boys and girls, are not just going to be saved as individuals and, and go on with your individual salvation like you don't need the church at all, but you are saved out of a violent 
society that is constantly pressuring your choices to make choices so that you will end up in places that are not sustaining, that don't bring life. And you are saved into a body of people that are going to encourage, that are going to continue to show you the way, that are going to continue to help you make those choices, continue to help you live in ways that lead to healthy, full life. Like Jesus, our Lord and Savior, commanded us to and said He was giving to us. So we are in the waters of baptism. There's a lot going on in baptism, isn't there? You didn't know this, did you? There's a lot that's going on. And you all now are saying that you want for yourself or for your kids to experience the love of God that runs to us always. That, that you want... If maybe you, you'll have in your testimony, yeah, I ended up in places where I was craving things that just wouldn't sustain me, don't bring life. It's sin and I need to be saved from that. And I said yes to Jesus. And I found the waiting Father who ran to me and forgave me. Wonderful. And I now know that I need to join with a group of people who are following the resurrected Christ and who are going to encourage me to remember that there is a corporate part of salvation that says I have to be a part of His kingdom. And what does His kingdom look like? Well, at Pentecost, it looked like all nation, all languages were heard. There weren't boundaries and borders. Anyone was invited. Later on, Peter is shocked himself when a Roman, those, those terrible people, the Holy Spirit fell on them too. And the kingdom expanded and grew and grew. And so the kingdom is going to be for you and for you and for you all. And if any of you heard this and you say, man, I want to be a part of that, get ready for Easter Sunday, April 1st. We will be having more baptisms if you need to be baptized, just take out that part of your uh, your portion that you tore off and just write it down. You know, Jesus said, go and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's part of the Great Commission. So if you want to follow Jesus, baptism is part of it. So uh, let's, let's try it. You can be a part of this. This is a wonderful thing. Love for you to be a part of it. But for you guys now, all right, I've got a couple of questions for you. We're going to do this all together so we don't have to do it 13 times. All right? Are you today saying that you have experienced or you long to experience the love of Jesus? If so, say, I do. do. Alright, good. I think I heard everyone. Alright. And if you're saying, I long to be a part of this church that will continue to encourage me towards the life in Jesus Christ, then say, I do. Wonderful. Wonderful. Are you excited for these folks here? I am. So I think we're going to let you guys go and line up back here. Um, so is there, Deidre, is there a list somewhere of how they need to line up? Okay, she's, she's going to grab that. I'm going to let you guys stand up and head on that way. Deidre will get you lined up and uh, you're going to go through that door, Wyatt. That door there. He's ready to go. I want to pray for us as they're getting lined up. All right, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving us from where our choices can often lead us. Thank you for saving us from thinking that our scheming will make things better.
And thank you for showing us that your arms are wide open and we have only to accept your great love for us. Right where we are. Right out of the bad choices. Thank you for saving us from a society that constantly tells us where we don't measure up and gives us all kinds of opportunities to think that we will measure up. And even encourages us towards just taking it for ourselves. Thank you for saving us from that. And for, for saving us into a body of people that look to the needs of others. A body that encourages and weeps with those who are weeping and celebrates with those who are rejoicing. We pray that today these who are baptized will be a great testimony to us of what we can be saved from and what we can be saved into. And help us to hear their testimony and long to celebrate with them all that you do for us. For we pray all of these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, in the name of the Spirit that is in us. And everyone said, Amen.